Welcome to the Gen X-Men, a podcast about the issues of Generation X, made by Generation Xers with issues. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Gen X-Men. I know it's been a long time, but here we are. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, it's Anthony. We're back. <laughs> yes, and we made it back. We are Sans Derek. Derek could not make it tonight. Uh, he will hopefully join us again in a upcoming episode. Yes. But uh, so for now, sorry, just got the two of us. You got Dan and Anthony here. Uh, so apologies to all of our fan. <laughs> How long has it been? It's been like a few months, right? I haven't. Oh, I, it's been. It's been. At least a half uh, a year. Yeah, it was hot uh, yeah. when uh, we were doing this, or maybe even mildly warm. I don't know. Last time we <laughs> did this, the last episode was on marijuana, which yeah, and other and other drugs, right? Oh, I think shit. we was yeah. it that long ago. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, we apologize. We've yeah. been very busy and others ex- extenuating circumstances. Yes, we won't go into it too much, right? Uh, yeah. But suffice to say, there's been a lot of changes and big things going on in all of our lives so yes uh it was for a good cause but now <coughs> we're trying to yeah we're getting our crap together that was the good cause yeah it's getting all of our uh, crap together and you know life happens and you know but we wanted to keep this little podcast that could the little podcast that might i don't know yeah, hopefully. or could uh wanted to keep it going so uh we, we here we are again so yeah. hopefully we'll prop things back up but yeah last episode was about drugs and since then they've what massachusetts now has just legalized marijuana or something i think i i have no clue man well the marijuana de decriminalization marches slowly but surely across the country i, I think it's massachusetts right if i'm not mistaken yeah i think you might be right i, I think um jersey is supposed to be doing it so so was supposed to have done it before halloween but well who knows yeah that would have been nice, but I got to tell you, speaking of Jersey and marijuana, you know, we got a lot of we got like some of the highest taxes in the country oh, in this yeah. state. Right. You know, we could use some pot revenues, man. I was just thinking that the other day. Yep. Uh, we could sure use some nice pot pot revenue. Yeah, because I think they increased the gas tax again, too. Right. So it'd be great if we could inject some uh, some of this weed money that all these other states are getting right. Uh I know. I haven't studied the economics of it or how well we're, you know, those states are doing. Well, Co- Colorado, when they, f- I think after the first year, had a, like an excess of a million something dollars. Million? Yeah, That's over a million. Seems kind of low. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just maybe I'm just uh, you know underestimating or under. Yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? Under yeah. uh, underselling it or yeah, yeah. Uh, what he says. Hey, look, <laughs> I am anything but a numbers guy, man. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully we will uh, <laughs> we will get some of that sweet pot cash flowing into the state. We can alleviate some things. But yeah, so that was the last last episode. Whenever <laughs> whenever we did it. Um, but so uh, what's what other current events are we are we getting into here, here, Dan? Let's let's catch up with some current events. Well, I think. Uh the major one recently was uh, the passing of Stan Lee. 
Yeah, man. Well, that was... it's, it's, I think a lot, I think. Well, I mean, many generations have been affected by him, but I think, I mean, our generation was like one of the, you know. I grew. I mean, we grew up in comic book shops, pretty much. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, man. So. But, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what I would have done. Well, even my daughter. Because I I'd mentioned to her that he'd passed, and she got, like, really bummed out about it. Right. You know, she's 12, so, I mean, you know, she knows all the Marvel stuff. Her f- favorite Spider-Man, just like his was, and, you know, so. Yeah, man. A lot of my uh, depressing, misspent youth was <laughs> misspent in comic book stores. Yeah. And what was your favorite growing up, man, like? Uh, favorites growing up Wolverine definitely yeah I yeah guess. X-Men was my favorite yeah me too man uh, yeah between Wolverine and Colossus I don't know I've kind of ha- like I don't know why I always kind of like was drawn towards those characters you know misfits man I think you yeah. and I could relate yeah so that just given our respective childhoods you know and Nightcrawler was another one yeah yeah, man. I think it was just we could relate to the misfits. Yeah, Wolverine was awesome because he was like crazy. Yeah, he said what he wanted to say, and he was just a badass and didn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, man. He could know? kick ass, and <coughs> for a kid that can't kick ass or do anything that <laughs> feels like that you're a mutant but without any powers, yeah, without anything cool besides like you know able to demolish a bag of Doritos in a single sitting. <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah. was a. That was my superpower as a kid. I don't know about you, man, but uh, eating a whole pizza by myself. Right, able to have no friends ever. uh, Read a book for all day. Yeah, (laughs) read a book. uh, Right, be completely invisible to parties and females of all kinds. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Like I had magnetism, but my magnetism attracted like the the disdain of all bullies within like a mile radius. So like. That was my superpower. I was like, shit Magneto. Like, shit Magneto. Bully Magneto. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I, Iron Man was a big one for me, too, because he was like really? a playboy. Yeah, man. I loved Iron Man back in the day. I never got into him. Yeah. Mm. Iron Man. Like, I, you know, I got into him when he was in that um, the Silver Centurion armor, which I think kind of showed up in Iron Man 2. Okay. With, like, the triangular... Okay. Shape in his chest, you know, chest piece, and it was like you know silver and red, and uh, it was crazy. Like, it got into like uh, the armor wars back in the nineties. So there was one comic book man, and I think it was like AIDS was still kind of misunderstood. Yeah, it's like there was, I think Tony Stark like had AIDS or something at one point. What? Like I think in the nineties, like there was one, he was talking to Rhodey in one of these comic books, and. Like people were stealing his tech or whatever, and Rhodey was asking him how he's doing. He's like, "Well, I got a few pints of AIDS-infected blood pumping through my veins, and people are stealing my tech, but otherwise I'm all right," or something like that. And I was like, "Oh shit!" But I don't know if he ever—I don't know what happened. They might have like quietly dropped that storyline. Yeah, I don't but think at some that point, like, yeah, it was like they probably had like a an Eddie Murphy <laughs> level of understanding of AIDS. Like, you know, at that point. Those were the days. Even in the nineties, man, people were still like We'll have to make a quilt for Iron Man though. Yeah, right, I know. Let's hey, let's not offend any of the listeners here, but uh But yeah, I mean uh Yeah, and then it's he, a joke, guys. I know, I know. I'm just 
<laughs> it's called comedy. That's right. Comedy's still around, folks. Uh, but yeah, and he pu- and he put all these sacks of blood in this suit of armor, and he flew it out by remote control. And this guy who stole his tech with this bigger suit of armor blew up the armor, so he p- faked his death. And like, it was crazy. So like, yeah, but he was a millionaire playboy that like I was like, who had my name? His name was Anthony, right? Tony Anthony Stark. Had my same initials, Anthony Simeone, Anthony, you know, Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Stark. And I'm yeah, like, I can yeah, see man. where you get into it. Like, yeah. uh, I would love to be that guy. You know, it was like the exact opposite of who I was. Like the fat, young, bespectacled, nobody. Right. <laughs> you know what I, I was like. But, hey, man, that's that's what good old Stan Lee. Let's get back to Stan Lee. That's what good old Stan did for generations of people, right? You know, yeah. he, uh, he gave us all heroes to look up to and. To aspire to be, and that's in the great tradition of heroism from ancient times, right? I mean, to give someone the, to strive towards and to look up to and to be inspired by. Well, I think also he, he had this sense of, like, how things should be for, for people. Like, like empathy, you know? Because if you take, like, you know, mutants and stuff, like, you know, they went through, like, the registration act and all that stuff. So like, you know, he touched on discrimination and, you know, yeah, like, sort beca- of like, like racism and, and like prejudice, you know, but he all, he's shown a light on like how we should treat them. Like, like being accepting, you know, and I think that should be applied more today, to be honest with you, but we'll get into that later. Well, yeah, I, totally agree with you man i mean he uh yeah he showed us the way just like any great myth maker you know what it's like to be really human yeah what it's like to be really human is to be good to each other and to help each other and protect each other and be heroic for each other you know like not to be a hero to be self-aggrandizing but to be heroic in the traditional sense of like helping your fellow human being yeah so it's yeah and it's a shame, like, over the last few years, it seems like he got into some issues with, like, his health care. Like, his wife died, and I'm sure that was a huge blow for him, right? Yeah, and last year, I think it was 17. And then, like, he had this assistant who was kind of, like, maybe taking advantage of him. and, and then <coughs> Yeah, he but I heard that was dispro- disproven or something. Yeah. But Didn't then, he come on with a video it was yeah. where he said the rumors were false about how – yeah. Yeah, and I hope so, man. I hope he uh, he deserved to live out his life in uh, happiness and peace. You know, if anybody did. Did he die peacefully, or was it complications with something? I don't. I didn't re- really read into it. I couldn't. Yeah, bring myself I, to. I had a problem with that too. I, you know, I don't. I think it might have been. I thought it was heart related, but yeah. don't quote me on that. I could always check my fancy thinking phone here. <laughs> um, but what was your favorite? I mean, what's your so your favorites were X Men, but I mean, what was your favorite? How about this? What was your favorite Stan Lee? Do you remember have a favorite Stan Lee cameo in any of the movies? His favorite, my favorite cameo. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the um. I forget what Spider Man that was, where he was the library, and he had the headphones on. Oh, and they're yeah. fighting behind him. Oh, yeah. And he can't like, hear a thing. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> nodding his head, right? He's like yeah, absolutely out. hilarious. Yeah, he was jamming out, and he's not hearing anything. That and in um, Guardians, where he was talking to the um, he was in the spacesuit, 
Yeah. I think it was Guardians 2. Right. And uh, he's sitting there talking to, uh, who the hell are they? The guys with the big collars and the, the their bald heads. Oh, crap. And you sit there talk to him, and you see the uh, the ship come through flying super fast. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And they yeah. left, and he's like, hey, I'm supposed to get home. <laughs> yeah, uh, those two are my favorites, I think. Uh, I, You know, I like the – was it Deadpool? It was the first Deadpool, right? He was in – He's like, zip it, Stan Lee. What did Stan Lee say to him in the movie? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, God. I know he said something, but it's just. And that was a good post you posted today on Facebook. Was it today or was it? No, it was like two days ago, I think. Where like that thing where the meme where it was like. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, because Deadpool broke. He breaks the fourth wall. Right. Yeah. So if you really think about it, he's the only Marvel character that would know of Stan Lee passing. Because he he knows of our reality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he knows he yeah exactly he knows about our world. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm just looking at online about his. Yeah, he had. I'm just looking about what his medical history was. I don't know. It says, I think he was ready to go. So, so Roy Thomas, who succeeded Lee, editor-in-chief of Marvel, visited Lee two days prior to his death to discuss the upcoming book, The Stan Lee Story, and stated, I think he was ready to go. We were still talking about doing more cameos. doesn't really say here. Yeah. We just had an emerged medical emergency. He'd been battling pneumonia. I mean, he was just really old, and you yeah. know, pneumonia. Ninety-five. Yeah, ninety-five, old. and you know, pneumonia can just hit you, and that's it, and just kind of shuts things down, I guess. Your lungs and yeah. So it was a uh, old age, ripe old age, right? Well, I hope he didn't suffer. That's that's all the the main thing, really. Yeah, man. Uh, same here. Uh. But yeah, that <laughs> the Deadpool cameo was good. Uh, we're just like zip it, Stanley. I forget what he said to him that pissed off Deadpool, but <laughs> and then the one where he's—I think it was one of the Thor movies where he got drunk, like with uh, like they were in a bar and he was in the bar with like a bunch of his war buddies. Like it was supposed to be a veteran, right? Which he oh yeah, 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 was. yeah, yeah. And he was like some kind of drink from Asgard, right? That Thor had. Right. And he's like, hey, listen. He only gave him a little. He gave him a little thim- like a little shot glass full of it. Yeah. He's like. Look, Blondie. He's like, look, Blondie. I was on Normandy Beach, or you know, or <laughs> I was, uh, I was on the beaches of Normandy. Bring it over <laughs> here, right? And then, like a second later, he's like stumbling out. People are like helping him walk out. He's like, Excelsior. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't he at the party? I think he was like, I think he said, I was on Omaha Beach, Normandy, or something. Wasn't he at the party uh, at Tony Stark's place in the Avengers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, the Avengers this feels like forever ago. Uh, well, no, it would have been the second Avengers, right? Or I don't know, dude. They're all the blending Ultron. together. Ultron. Were, yeah, remember where they were trying to pick up the hammer, and they they oh, just got the party right yeah. at that the party yeah, at the end where they're doing the hammer thing. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. But I I I think you were the one that said it that they I I hope that they like kind of like put them in keep putting them in as cameos but like just somewhere 
were like in the back somewhere, like hidden. Yeah. You know, because they can like an Easter egg kind of thing. Yeah, because I mean, they can computer generate. They did it with Princess Leia. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. if if it's somewhere in the back, they it's like you know what I mean. You kind of have to like look for them. Yeah, I mean, or maybe they just put a still image of them in, like a picture or something. Or uh, well, somebody had the great idea of now that he, that you know he can't be in any more ca- cameos, that all his cameos should be taken over by Deadpool. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, why not? That would be hilarious. That would be great, man. But I he has like to him. wear the thing with the glasses and the mustache. Oh yeah. So, so he has to dress like Stanley, but he's in the the. You know the right costume. Yeah, he's in his 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 ladybug pajamas, right? Or whatever. Yeah, whatever he calls them. Yeah, he's in his uh, his normal suit, but he's got like the Stanley glasses, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I just can't believe it, man. God bless you. Godspeed and God bless Stanley, man. I'm still getting over it. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's a surreal world, man. Yeah. Like if you sit back and. Not that I want to. I don't want this podcast to be like we focus on death so much. Yeah. Want to try to be positive for your. We don't want to be a downer. Yeah. Right. Right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. We talk about it. It's a part of life. Yeah, it's true. It's it's the natural cycle of life. We don't want to divorce ourselves from that. But it's just it's it's kind of surreal. It's just like okay, yeah. I was rocking out to a Tom Petty song the other day. Tom Petty's dead. Yeah. You know, I was Uh, rocking. I think about that all the time because like it's crazy. I mean, hell, uh, just recently I follow uh, Doyle. Von Frankenstein on he's from the Misfits. Yeah, me too. Well, I follow him on and Instagram, just, right? Yeah, he just posted a picture with him and Roddy Piper. I'm like, damn oh, it, man. I know Piper's been dead forever. It seems like, but it's crazy. And it's like, did you ever think like? And this is where I get into like my fantasy, horror, sci-fi nerd zone. But I'm like, like if you think about it, like, yeah, man, we live in this age where we can resurrect the dead, you know, and it's like through video, through audio, yeah, like yeah. through recording. Like we can we can sit there and like yo I just watched They Live the other day man and there's Roddy Piper man and he's entertaining me from beyond the grave. You I th- know? I, well, I think that's one of the good things about like this medium, you know, with video and audio and stuff. Like things are archived for other generations to see. You know. Yeah. And, like, as long as we preserve them properly, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, I don't subscribe to. I'm still on the Piper thing. I don't subscribe to the WWE network anymore um, because their current content is kind of garbage. But they have a full catalog of all the old wrestling stuff throughout the 80s and like before that, sometimes some of it. But like they, you can go back and watch all his matches. You know, yeah, and not just him, but like like all all the the wrestlers. You know what I mean? Uh, Ultimate Warrior's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I have know. his box set in the other room. Do you? Yeah, it's four oh, disc man. box set. But it's just like, yeah, it's like we live in this age and this time where it's like, you know, all your, all these heroes are dying, but you know, we can yeah. still see them. At least we can still experience them and, you know, get entertainment and joy from them. You know. Yeah, but I think I think it's also crazy how like, how famous a person can get, and then like. When they do pass, but it's like, I don't know. For me, I still get emotional seeing anything with Robin Williams, Gene Wilder, because they're, they're like part of your childhood and like you kind of grow up with these people. Yeah, man. So it's, 
I don't want to say their their extended family or whatever, but it almost feels like that. Do you know what I mean? And you have these unspoken connections with these people. They don't know about it, but like they've impacted your life to you know, but that's part of their job too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you know, when somebody like Stan Lee passes like it's going to hurt, you know? Hurt lots of people. Yeah, man, we just need to move on without them and just honor their memory and yeah. Keep remembering them and bringing them back to life every now and then and watching their stuff and you know, celebrating them. Yeah. Rather than mourning and moping, right? I guess that's the the life of, the challenge of life that's always existed, right? When you for those who have already passed on, you know, we uh we keep them alive in our memory and by enjoying the memories that we had with them, you know. So Yeah. 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 Exactly. <coughs> so Well that was depressing. <laughs> well no, I mean it's depressing, but it's also accepting the great cycle of life, right? I guess that's the bittersweet human life is a paradox right human life is bittersweet you know uh, yeah. sometimes we focus too much on the bitter like we were talking about earlier with uh, we were talking before the podcast about you know some concepts in the discipline of positive psychology and uh, you know the how how much we have a negativity bias because of our lizard brain you know the amygdala that was in the core of our brain our ancient brain and just how much we focus on the negative because of that is a defense mechanism it's a survival mechanism from when we were cave people running away from saber-toothed tigers. But now, like I was saying, we invite the saber-toothed tiger into our homes every day through our smartphones or our TVs, and it's like we're over, we constantly are chronically overstimulating our amygdalas and our fight, flight, and freeze response. Like, yeah. But it's like, yeah. I mean, so we have an ancient brain in a new world, you know, and the new world is, honestly, we're safer than we've ever been, according to a lot of research. So, you know, we're just, we're, we're, voluntarily giving ourselves like post-traumatic stress like all the time man just like overstimulating our our fear factor <coughs> yeah and it's you know we need to kind of balance that out with a lot of not to be pollyanna and wishy-washy and utopian and and igno- ignore that there can be negative things in the world and there can be hard there's horrible things in the world but there's also great beauty and there's wonderful things that we create and there's wonderful relationships that we have with other human beings so it's you know, the world is neither fair nor unfair. It just is, you know, really. I mean, it's like a canvas for us to paint our lives on. And Yeah. In simplest terms, you take the good with the bad. And take the bad with the good. Dude, right? you're not going to sing, like, Facts of Life, right? Don't give me that. No, no. I thought you were going to... No, you no. take the good, you take the bad, and, you know, someone is going to smack you. And you wet the bed. Anyway, yeah, right. no. <laughs> I was just saying. Cause yeah, you, but you, know, some you people also take the, the good with the bad and the bad with the good. You know, yeah. it can go both ways. You know? Absolutely. You know, we get we just are not taught, especially as guys, you know, to like just kind of most of us are taught like it's a doggy dog world and you kinda approach life like a soldier. Yeah. You just how long how many years have you just kept your head down and kinda soldiered through life and running from foxhole to foxhole and I'm not gonna lie, I still do it. Yeah, man, but is that any way to live? You know? No, not at all. Right. So and then you look up, you stop and sometimes you stop, you're in that foxhole, you have a lucky strike. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and you look up and sh- 10 years are gone, right? Like ten, like a decade of your life or more is gone. And you're like in a blink of an eye and you just you just kept your head down. And, you know, what if you just stopped more often and were mindful of your life? And, yeah. you know, let the feeling let the bad feelings flow through you, experience all emotions and 
but you know, start focusing on like, you know what? Instead of thinking for years, I spent thinking like, oh man, I'm just like a fat schlub and I can't lose weight. And like, what if you just took a leap of faith, man? And just started saying, you know what? Maybe the fact that I'm calling myself these horrible things like fatso and stuff. And maybe that's actually what's holding me back. Maybe it's not the world. Maybe it's not what we're taught. Like you don't have a fate that you're just placed upon like a Greek tragedy. You know, there's not this dark <laughs> fate that's just placed on you by Zeus and the gods that are just manipulating you. And, yeah. and I know you don't believe that as an atheist. You don't believe there's a cosmic force holding you back. Right. No. And I mean, but then sometimes we get super, you're your own anyway. worst enemy. Right. But sometimes how often do people still get superstitious? Oh, it's the government. Oh, it's the it's the Democrats. Oh, it's the Republicans. You we always have boogeymen. Yeah. Whether or not they're little little creatures in the woods or you know, evil politicians. Like we're always coming up with boogeymen as an excuse to hold ourselves back. Yeah. But you know, and it's not about being sometimes being neutral is good. You know what I mean? It's not about being la di da, everything's great in life. It's not about faking it. You know, it's about like, you know what? accepting that there's a shadow part of life, but then, you know, hey, taking charge and saying, you know what, I'm going to remember the good things in life to empower myself, and I'm going to think better about myself. And, you know, how many guys don't do that, especially beat themselves up? Oh, yeah. 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 You said you were doing – you do that? On a, All I mean, the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I try and be – like, I'm positive in social situations, you know, but, like – I'm I'm terrible with myself. My self esteem is absolutely garbage for myself. Well, I mean, that's not your. That doesn't have to be your fate, man. You know, I mean. Oh, I know all that. Research and evidence is pointing to like <coughs> neuroplasticity, man. We can reshape our brain. So your brain got into a habit. You, we've gotten ourselves in the habit of thinking like shit about ourselves. You can retrain your brain and re regrow neural pathways or reshape your neural pathways. That's what science says now that you can change your whole attitude towards life and develop better habits, you know? And, yeah. you know, and think about it. Like, what do you, yeah. So maybe you don't like things in your life, but you can make changes, small ones even, you yeah. know? And, and if you fall back, don't beat yourself up. It's not like you have an all or you don't have to have an all or nothing mentality. Yeah. You know, a lot of people I think have that too, where it's like, I call it like the Bruce Willis effect in Armageddon. It's like the Armageddon effect. It's like, you know, you only have one shot to blow up that meteor before it kills everybody on the planet. You know, most decisions in life aren't like that. But yeah. think about how many things and situations in life you treat like that. Uh, like yeah. where you're like, dude, I failed. That's it. I'm never going to be good at this. And you try it like once, maybe twice, and you give up. Like yeah. that's not yeah. that's not how to get through and push persevere, you know. But it's like how often do we sabotage ourselves <laughs> and say, I fucking tried it once and that's it. I didn't succeed. And like, dude, you only tried it once. Like, you know, keep at it. Try it from a different angle. Yeah. You know, go at it from a different direction. Develop a new strategy, you know? I mean, That's it's... That's what she said. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. It's a family show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's just... I don't know, man. About your low self-esteem, dude, you don't... Yeah. It's not You're all the time. You're a smart dude, man. It's I not know. all the time. It's I know. Just, yeah, yeah. It, but it's just... It's like, you know... And those times when you come down on yourself and you feel yourself, that habit where you're saying, like, you're using absolute statements about yourself. You know, I'm always X. Like, I'm always fucking up or I'm always, like, I can never do X. Like, those are the signs of, like, that's kind of, like, the cue for you to be mindful and say, you know, oh, wait a minute. Like, I got to, you know, I can, I can think differently. I can flip this and, like, turn this energy into, like, finding a solution, you know? But, yeah. And I know it's not all the time. So, but it's, it's insidious, though. Like, if you don't think oh, about absolutely. it. Yeah, so. I I think once I do get some 
good health care, I'm going to s- maybe try to start seeing a therapist. You know? Everybody, a lot of people have, and they don't want to admit it. <laughs> you yeah. know, so a lot of people do it, man. Just like smoking pot now. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> smoking pot and seeing the shrink. It's a, it's a big industry. But it's like, so, but the thing is, like, traditional psychology is kind of focused on curing illness, like pathology, you know. But, like, the positive psychology discipline that I'm getting into now is kind of like a complement to it. And right. it was developed by uh, PhDs and people who were psychologists, traditional psychologists, like this guy Marty Seligman at University of Pennsylvania. He He's a PhD, and, and, and he teaches pr- regular psychology, you know, that we know is that treats illness, mental illness. Right. But he also was like, you know, well, there's all these ideas that and theories and thoughts that have come up over the years about, you know, what about positive emotions and what about how we can build ourselves up? And what can we do in between those therapy sessions right. to like practice like the other side? Like how can we how can we focus on mental health rather than mental illness? You know, we focus on our what's healthy about us, what's right with us. So psychology, traditional psychology is like what's wrong with you. Yeah. Positive psychology is like what's right with you. So you focus on what's right about yourself and you start flipping that mental script about like, okay, I have this strength, this strength, this strength, this strength. You know, like I I'm good at this, 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 this. So it's like you have to mindfully bring that stuff up and remind yourself of it because of that negativity bias. We talked about like the monkey brain. Yeah. You know, it's like because it wants to tell you and it has that negative mental chatter. That's where it comes out of your monkey brain, like your your amygdala. Like that's what's tormenting you all the time, like the monkey shaking the bars of your cage, you know. And it's relentless. But it's like that's why you have to be mindful and use your like neocortex, your prefrontal cortex, your newer brain that's outside that surrounds your monkey brain you have to use that to consciously like you know fight back and you just get into the habit of it it's like we all have to get into a habit of thinking that way and it's it can be done that's yeah you can change your brain change your habits change your brain because back in the day people were just kind of taught i mean were you ever taught like this is just how you are this is just who you are and you can't change it and even up to our generation i think was taught like a lot of that kind of you can't really, you know, sometimes you, oh, you're just this. Yeah. You know, but I think that was the way that people were taught for hundreds of years. Like, this is your fate. This yeah, is this your, is your fate. lot in life. Yeah. And yeah. You can't change it. But, you know, science is sh- proving now that that's not the case. Like, our brains are these miraculous things that can change and grow, and you can develop even at any age. You can develop new neural pathways. and. I think a lot of it, well, I mean, I'm going back maybe hundreds of years but i think like that mentality was like you know more of a social thing because like they i guess they thought if you were born say into poverty like that was your that's the way it was going to be for you you know what i mean you couldn't like rise above your stand standing and yeah social standing well, yeah and i mean a lot of the but see the, so and it was the governmental systems at that time like if you think about feudalism yeah, like they I were designed so. specifically to keep people down. You yeah, know? yeah, so, yeah. Like, so we're fortunate in this day and age to like be able to have some mobility. And I know the TV is telling us like you know it's terrible and blah, you know. But you know people can. We live in an age where people can have some mobility. Maybe it's not massive mobility for some people, but it's not like a feudal system where a king's at the top saying. You know, God put me as king and above you, and you will never. And God wants you to be down in the mud where you are, yeah, yeah. and that can never change because God ordained it. You know, at least, 
least we don't have that, you know, anymore. You know, so it's, it, it's. But yeah, there definitely were oppressive systems, and human beings have oppressed each other and for ages. Yeah, sure. And it was, yeah. but it was all stemming from that monkey mind ancestry of ours, where we were focused on the negative, and yeah, that's why it's been change has been slow and steady, and progress has been slow over centuries, but. I don't know. I think it's an amazing time to be alive. I think if we're very fortunate to be in this day and age, yeah. you know, and maybe you know, we have unprecedented comfort. We have unprecedented wealth and it's especially in America. So it's what are we doing with it, though? You know, that's what I worry about. Yeah. It's like, are we squandering it and like backsliding and into bickering? But I, th- I don't know. And I think. That's, you know, it's two days before Thanksgiving, so I'm trying to, you know, we think we were trying to have, like, a little bit of positivity going into this, you know, a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little hope for the future, you know, and uh, I don't know, man. What do you think? You think there's hope for uh, the human race? I do. I do. Um, it's just people have to work on it, you know. We all have to do our part. I mean, I try. You know, that's the best I can do. Yeah, and I think it just starts with not treating each other like the devil, you know, like not demonizing other people. And look, I'm not the biggest Trump fan by any stretch of the imagination. And I think he's a jackass. And I think he's, he's a symptom of a larger societal issue with how we kind of are demonizing each other in this country. Uh And like, kind of like this isolationist, you know, partisan mentality that we have. And that's kind of based off of fear. Yeah. And I think he's just a symptom of that. You know, he's a symptom of that trend since September 11th, frankly. Yeah. Uh, where we really kind of fell into this growing abyss of like darkness and fear, you know, fear-based behavior. But look, Trump at night, I'm sure he goes home and kisses his kid goodnight, you know, and I'm sure he loves his wife in some way and it's maybe loves way. his loves Ivanka too much <laughs> in certain ways, but He's not a monster. I don't know. I mean, I, I to look, I could totally be wrong. Listen, I think the people that executed that uh, that journalist, uh, the Washington Post, uh, Khashoggi, those guys are monsters. Did you hear about that? Like no. there's like this journalist who was basically executed by on orders of the Saudi government, like some Saudi agents, like basically killed him and chopped him up. Like and he was critical of the Saudi government. He was he wrote for the Washington Post. Yeah, his was, name was, was Khashoggi. What? Oh, so he was from there. Yeah, he was from. I think. I think he was from Saudi Arabia uh, originally. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't have my phone on right now. But yeah, uh, but he was critical of, and that's why a free press is vital, man. Like you need leaders need to be questioned, and despotic leaders will kill people who speak against them. And what pisses me off is that as much as I think Trump's not a monster, but he's probably sitting here jealous of people who can kill, who can kill their opposition, you know, like does he actually want to kill journalists? Like, you know, and it's like, you need a free press, man. Like we need people who are going to criticize the government. And look, I'm, I was critical of Obama too. And there was, there was news outlets and yes, maybe there's a media bias towards the left in the mainstream media. But listen, Obama killed so many people with drones, you know, yeah. over in the Middle East, and he wasn't perfect. Yeah, and I'd be the first to admit that. So it's and but I nobody's voted, perfect. I voted for the guy, right? And it was just, and that's the thing. Like, 
it, we can't treat each other like like evil monsters and it's just we've developed this rhetoric that's so toxic yeah and dehumanizing of other people yeah nobody wants to see the good i yeah. think Nobody wants to see even anything remotely human about those that have a different mindset. Like we get, we're so into like this ideology, like it becomes your life so much and it, you identify with it so much that if anyone questions it, it's like, if you get too into it, it's like, you shakes get offended. yeah, yeah. If it shakes the foundation of like your universe, it's almost like Republicans and Democrats and liberals and conservatives. Like the, it's like they have this whole, how the universe works, <laughs> You know, and, and any threat to it is an existential threat, like, to their very existence. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just ramped up. And honestly, it just all stems from politicians trying to learn new ways and, and politicians manipulating the masses and filling them with fear. Like, honestly, I heard a report the other day, and I never even heard, thought of it this way, but Newt Gingrich, like, they went into the history of Newt Gingrich and how he kind of was one of the major political catalysts for how we for this divisive rhetoric that we have now uh-huh. in the government and between parties and between the people of different associate with different parties, you know, Democrats and Republicans. And it's, I didn't even think of that. Like, you know, we were young when Newt Gingrich was kind of rising in the, you know, public life and in the, you know, in politics. So yeah. we didn't really think about him, back then, but apparently he was like this evil mastermind, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Because wasn't it like at, several points in in our presidential history as a country didn't like the parties kind of like work together sometimes like a lot of times i you know there like, was they've uh, always been against each other but like with like key and major things like they kind of like work together right at least there was a little bit of civility at at least maybe that's what i'm trying to get at yeah i mean at least there was they weren't so cutthroat. Yeah, I, I mean, at least it wasn't. It didn't become like the fate of the world depends on your vote. Yeah. You know, it was. It was like, all right, well, you know, it kind of sucks. We didn't get into power, but you know, hey, we still got to work together. We still got a country to run. Right. And now it's become so all fueled. or nothing. Yeah. Now it's like apocalyptic. Like yeah. every every choice is like an apocalypse now. You know what I mean? Like everything's become so skewed. Yeah. Towards the negativity bias, you know. But look, the world still exists. You know, listen, that's the thing. Like the evidence of your eyes, like look around you. The world still exists. All these buildings are here because human beings cooperated. Like there's great museums full of artwork right across the bridge in Philly because human beings collaborated and created great artwork and they put it all together in this building and they're bringing in new artwork all the time, you know, or like old artwork, but circulating around like. You know, there's a there's great things about the world, too, you know, and we just Absolutely. forget it because of that negativity bias. And it's just like, you know, you just need to re reframe everything again, you know, come back to kind of some sort of for lack of a better term. And I hate using the term, but it's a little sanity. Yeah. You know, just common say, sense. Yeah. Like, I think, look yeah. around you. Listen, if the world gets bombed out, come find me in the irradiated wasteland. And tell me, I told you so, yeah. like, there's an apocalypse. But until then, we're still here. We haven't destroyed ourselves yet. Is it easier now than ever potentially to do it? Absolutely, sure. Yeah. But uh, I, I kind of have faith that we're not going to, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if there's any Thanksgiving message I can give to all the listeners out there, <laughs> it's like, you know, have some gratitude, give thanks, try to, you know, 
look of someone that you disagree with politically and, you know, try to see the human in them. Maybe you'll they'll return the favor. But somebody has to be first, man, to yeah. to extend the olive branch. Might as well be us, us, you know. I'd like to think that our generation to bring it all back to Gen X. Yeah. I'd like to think our generation can maybe reclaim some of our old mentality of like our positivity and our, our, our hope for the future, you know? Yeah. But I just hope we're all not you know, I hope there's see, that's the thing. They used to tell you you get old, you get stuck in your ways, right? Yeah. Well, according to science now, that's that's not an excuse. Like you can change your brain pathways. Now, granted, there's some calcification of the brain and Alzheimer's and stuff as you get older, but even older people can change their neural pathways and their old habits, man. So it's, yeah. it's no excuse. It's just good old-fashioned wisdom, quote-unquote, where people say, oh, you get old, you get set in your ways, you can't change, and... People don't change. Well, no, people do. They just don't want to. It takes work, just like a relationship. To change your mentality and change your viewpoint, you can't get new changes in life with the same old thinking. You know? Yeah. Oh, trust me. I work for a guy that's like that. Oh, yeah. The boss, right? Yeah. Dan's got some boss stories that he could tell you. Um, yeah, man. You don't have to let him bring you down, man. You know? You can think of it as an act of defiance, man. Like, he can come at you with all his crusty bullshit but he's not gonna br- he's not gonna bring you down man you don't have to let him man it, i know i know that but it's f- weird because like as soon as he pulls into the parking lot like i instantly get a headache migraine <laughs> i'm dead serious dude these past couple days they've been bad like throat bad mm. but they go away when i <laughs> come home <laughs> so i know it's just like psychosomatic from yeah you know yeah you got yourself so amped up about it you know yeah but you you dude you, you can't you use that as more motivation to get a new job man like oh, dude i've been trying you, you gotta yeah. visualize him like screaming at you you know and say i'm gonna get away from this asshole i gotta get this get away from this fucking guy well, anymore i've been putting up with the shit because i give it back yeah yeah i'm like dude i'm like I've pretty much told him to go fuck himself. But does he kind of want that? See, see, that's the thing. You may be feeding into like his need to flagellate himself. Like maybe he wants. Here's the thing. No, because I and I'm gonna tell you this. I'm not gonna say his name. Um, just because I don't want to make up a funny name for him. Make up a a horrible name for him to refer to him. Anyway, I (laughs) um, pretty much any negative name will work. But anyway, so he got into this uh, fight with a couple of the other guys at work. Yeah. And one of them was his son. And, like, he almost, they bought a brand new computer. It's touchscreen and everything. He almost breaks that, right? So that's $800 he almost broke after, like, a couple days of, you know, being out of the box. Um, Some other things were thrown. And later on, he... He's at home, like, no, nobody likes me. <laughs> like, I'm talking about a 78, 79-year-old man, like, blubbering. You saw him do this? No, or, yeah, you heard his wife his told His wife me. told you. Yeah, because we open up in the morning, and she was telling me this story, and I'm like, I'm not surprised, because he is a child. He acts like a child. He could dish out. All the shit, but as soon as you give it back to him, 
he starts to c- cry. Well, well they, I'm, I'm going home. Yeah, <laughs> nobody likes me. I'm just going to go home. Are you like, serious? Yeah, just go home, dude. Just just go. See, now, here's the thing. What if you went to him and he started his shit and, like, you were like, you know, let's call him let's call him Pete. Hey, okay, Pete. Oh, man, that sucks, Pete. Like, what if you just totally, like, patronized him and were like, or even worse, like, being really nice to him. And I've say, tried hey, that. Hey, Pete. What's good, man? <laughs> like, you well, know, I, what's I've, going on, brother? I've How said you doing? to him, I said, listen, because he, he, he was getting on me about doing some kind of chore. I'm like, I'm like, you know, why don't you try being nicer? I was like, if you just asked me to do it, I would do it. You know, instead, you're yelling at me to do it. I don't want to do it. What I'm saying or is, is like, just do it. He maybe oh. he gets his rocks off though a little bit when he gets to t- boss you around and you get pissed off. Like, what if you maybe. were like, "You got it, Pete." Oh man, I love doing these chores. Like, what if you total reverse psychology, man? Like, I don't know. Sometimes the bully they want you to beat them to up. act like that. Yeah. They want you because that's a victory for them, <coughs> and yeah. part of them wants to be beaten up. And they want to be they want to be messed up. Yeah. So it's like if you like Tina Fey said when like the whole 2016 election happened and she's like eating. Did you ever see that skit or she was on Weekend Update and she came on. She was wearing like sweatshirt and she ate a whole cake and she's like, you know, fight them like fight them. She's like she was acting like she was really disappointed, which she was in the election results. But she's like, you know what? When it comes to bullies. Fight them in every way except the way they want you to. And a bully wants, really, a bully is a self-hater. Yeah. And they want someone to treat them the way they're treating other people. Like, they want. So they're protecting. It's almost like, yes, it's almost like the, the, you know, someone like, uh, like someone who wants you to kill them because they want to die, but they don't want to kill themselves. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, they're, they're projecting. Exactly. They're. Projecting their shitty view of the world, yeah, yeah, and they're trying to piss you off because honestly, they want to be they want to be punished. They want to be the victim, yeah, right. So you know, yeah, I don't sense. know, man. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. So just what if you just disarmed him with like kill him? That's why they say kill, kill him, him with kindness, man. That's exact. That is why they say <laughs> that. Not yeah. not to make you a martyr, and not to make not not because you're screwing yourself over and bending over for the person who's abusing you. It's because you're just not you're you're not playing their game, yeah, and yeah. you're not playing into their just self destruction, man. <laughs> I don't know. Just try it, man. Try it. Try and it. You may even think it's fun because sometimes, dude, you know what? You got to embrace the absurdity of life, man. <laughs> yeah. Like how absurd is it that this seventy-something-year-old dude is acting like a child and bossing everybody around, and everybody's pissed off at him? Like it's fuck. You got to stand back sometimes and go. It, yeah. This is, it's, this is ridiculous. It's strange man. because he'll come in. Cause all this chaos, and he leaves, and we're just stuck stuck there with this mess. So he he really is like a perpetual child, you know, like a two year old. They come in, they destroy everything, and then they go to sleep, and you're stuck with this mess to clean up. That's literally how he works. See, that's what that's because you know what, man, he wants to do that because he because he wants to. That's how he's gonna. That's how he's trying to lord it over you. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because he's trying to make you as miserable. Because misery loves company, man. That's true. Yeah. Misery loves company so much because they know they want everyone to be as miserable as they are. Yeah. People are that miserable. Yeah, that's true. 
So, dude, don't play into it, man. Just try. I'm it's telling so you. It's so hard sometimes. Try, I know. Right? Dude, it really it's is. It's tough, man. It, it, it's tough because we have, like, that monkey mind that wants to strike back, man. We want to defend ourselves. We want to fight or flight, you know? We yeah. want to either run away or beat up our problems or just hide and stand real still till our problem goes away. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's – that's the thing, man. Like, if you just – if you get to rise above and be mindful of the monkey brain and, like, not fall for it, and like, just go. You know what? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna return the favor. Like yeah. I'm just gonna even just to mess with them. You know, even if you get some satisfaction about that, and you know, you see the humanity in him. If he even doesn't <laughs> see the humanity in you, it's tough. But that's hard, man. It's yeah. hard, and it takes practice. Yeah. Because we have like mirror neurons. Like we're <coughs> our that's our defense mechanism. That's like our defense mechanism. You know, mm. that's what fight or flight wants you to fight back because you don't want to be a victim, but. You know, you don't have to fight back in the way they want you to, you know? Right. You right. can just be like, all right, Pete, whatever you say, man. Hey, <laughs> looking good today, brother. What's going on? Like, that that just, will never come out of yeah, my mouth. Yeah, come on. See, but you got to try it, man. I'm telling you, you will have some fun. At least have fun with Dude, it. Dude, when, when he starts to talk, like, I roll my eyes and walk away. Like, it hurts to listen to him talk. I get it, man. But, like, make it a game. Like, get, you know, like all the kids these days are into gamifying life and hacking. Hack, life hackers, gamify your life. If you turn it into a game and you just start fucking with them, like you just go, you got it, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Man, you're the best. And you were like, oh, <laughs> you're the best. That hat looks great today, Pete. Did you get that new hat? He did you get, get a haircut? He did get a new hat. You, it's you got compliment light, him. lights on the front and <laughs> <laughs> the rim. See, you're laughing already, man. Yeah. See, you're embracing the absurdity. <laughs> you got to embrace the absurdity, man. I'm telling you, that's the path to like Nirvana, dude. I feel like is just laughing at shit, man. Seriously. Yeah, you're probably right, too. You know, and like, why not enjoy the absurdity of where you're at while you're looking for a new job, man? Honestly, man, I, maybe that's like the key is like, just, you know what? Make the most of your situation. And but you don't mean you have to settle. Oh, you don't no, have to settle for your situation. But you can I think if you make yourself happy about your situation, you're in it's a happiness is a choice. Let yourself be like, you know, and have a little enjoyment, have a little peace in your life. And maybe that will honestly make you a little more likely to get a new job, you know, because you'll yeah. have a better attitude. Because think about if you're pissed off at your job all day and then what you bring into, like, your job interviews and the rest of your life. You yeah, know, yeah. If you let other people command your emotions like that. So yeah. a little food for thought. That's all for you and the, the listeners and everybody out there. I mean, sh- dude, trust me. I Think need of to it as this. a side dish for your Thanksgiving dinner. There you go. A little <laughs> side dish of gratitude and absurdity for your... <laughs> Cause it's that time of year, man, when we're thinking about being thankful and being grateful, and you know. Can maybe? we talk about Thanksgiving for a second here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. A little go segue. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I don't normally celebrate it. Why not? Um, I don't know. I think I'm kind of like. I don't really celebrate holidays anymore. Well. You know. Holidays can be tough, you know, but. Hey, man. Is it because you don't have anybody you want to celebrate with, or? That's partially it. I don't know. I'm just not a big, like, I don't, I don't even see the point in it, really, sometimes. Well, I mean, yeah, the commercialized version of holidays, sure. I mean, that's. Well, let me ask you this. What, that's crap. What was the original date of Thanksgiving? <laughs> Uh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. Because I know for a fact that it didn't always fall on a Thursday. The only reason it falls on a Thursday now is because of the stupid Black Friday nonsense. 
Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, we were just talking about this the other day. But so wait, in our lifetime, it has changed. It wasn't always on Thursday. I thought it always was on. You sure it wasn't always on Thursday? Black Friday's been around for a long ass time. Yeah, but the date has the date changes. Yeah, but because I remember always it used to be Thursday. the 24th for a while, and then and now it's like the 22nd or 23rd. But it's always, a, dude. I always think it's a Thursday, but the date changes, man. Like I think yeah, the date changes, does, like the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. But I mean, like with a holiday, usually falls on the act actual date right yeah i get it i get so you. why would you change the day uh, it's stupid maybe you're right with the black friday thing i don't know i, I had you know i haven't really thought about too deeply about thanksgiving i do think that it's ridiculous that christmas is like two months long now like oh that's just crass commercialism did you man, see did you worse. see that the meme i posted what was it where it says every every day in November that Christmas is brought up, Santa has to go shoot an elf. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, you know Thanksgiving gets no respect, man. It's like the Rodney Dangerfield of like the holiday season between like thanks uh, between uh, Halloween and I Christmas. Don't know. Halloween doesn't get much respect anymore. Eh. Dude, no, nah, I don't know about that. Halloween's for like two months long too now, man. Like Halloween's like starts in the beginning of September. Yeah, but I didn't see any trick or treaters in this town. Dude, I didn't see any kids walking to school in costumes. That's because of all this stupid trunk or treat crap. See? Everyone's so damn afraid of people now. Like they don't want their kids to walk around. Or the parents like are just like too, too lazy, lazy to walk around. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, you know, that's yeah, why I don't decorate anymore. There wasn't as many trick-or-treaters, but you know what, man? We've got to fight the power, man. Our generation's got to make these holidays great again. <laughs> <laughs> Maha. Make all holidays great again. Or, I don't know. Ma- Mahaga. Mahaga. <laughs> Ma- make holidays great again. Mahaga. <laughs> get that phlegm thing. Going yeah, on. but it's, it's ridiculous, man. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Thanksgiving, yeah. I think we need some Thanksgiving carols. Like I've been singing, Thanksgiving like carols. we do, man. We need like Thanksgiving carols. <laughs> the only one we got is the Adam Sandler like turkey song or whatever, man. Like the Thanksgiving song, like Sammy Davis Jr. has only got one eye, like, <laughs> like right? I don't know. Turkey don't... and sweet potato pie. Sammy Davis Jr. only have one eye. I don't remember that. You don't remember that, no. dude? It's my favorite. So we got to think of some more, man. We got to create some. Thanksgiving carols. I'll leave it to the people that know how to write songs. All right, man. Well, we're <laughs> kind of degenerating into like, well, how long have we been talking about <laughs> Sammy Sammy Davis Jr.? Yeah. How long have we been talking about Thanksgiving and all other uh, subject matter? We still have some time to ponder some more. Uh, yeah, we're we're not up to an hour yet. All right. Well, got to keep an eye on that. We don't want to ramble on too long. People got some Thanksgiving to get to, man. Yeah, we'll be here for days. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know, dude. I think you should celebrate the holidays. I think I think it's tough if you don't have you know a lot of family, which I didn't have for a while. So you could. Well, I mean, I know f- for as far as Christmas, it's my least favorite holiday. Um, for several reasons, um, I get nauseated at the s- sound of Christmas carols. Like I, I, I legitimately drives me nuts. Like I thought country music drive me crazy. Like Christmas music gets me in the worst mood possible. Why? I just don't like it. 
I just, I just something about it. I just can't. Is it because you don't believe in Jesus? Well, that's one thing. <laughs> no, I just can't get. I can't. I don't get it. I just don't get it, man. <sighs> I, maybe it's because people have lost the reason for the season, and not Jesus, not not Santa Claus. Well, yeah, just because it's kind, a pagan holiday to begin with. Just being with, kind anyway. to people, yeah. I mean, just, yeah, again, I, I could be nice to people without Christmas music. I, That's I get the thing, it. you know. I totally get it. You're right. You're right. We, it shouldn't be just a one time a year with stupid songs and presents and consumerism. Yeah, I, but dude, Christmas carols can be annoying, man. I mean, I have a few I like, but I don't like any of them, dude. All right. Well, what else is your case against Christmas, man? What else? Well, is besides your... the commercialization, and... right? It's just, you know, man. Hmm. I mean, I, I, there's one thing I do miss. What's that? Is like being around people, because I usually I'm just stuck here. By the way, we're in my house anyway. Well, listen. What about? I mean, but you know, your daughter still has a little magic about this time of year, right? I mean. Yeah. You know, so it's. I mean, I get to see her. That's like the one shining moment. And well, sometimes that's that might be that's enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you can ignore the Christmas carols and as much as you can. I know it's hard. Yeah. You know, do you like any Christmas movies? Elf. I say, I, do you like Will Ferrell? Oh, absolutely. You do. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah elf, man. Think yeah. of it that way. You get to watch some Elf. You get to. You like eggnog? Love eggnog. Oh man, you get to have some eggnog. You put on your feety pajamas. <laughs> feety pajamas? <laughs> no, I don't with wear tra- feety pajamas. With the trap door in the back, just in case. <laughs> 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 with the flap that opens in the back. Um, you got to do. I can't you do make eggnog a boom boom. anymore, man. Why not? I'm trying to watch what I like uh, consume. Fair you enough. Know? Fair enough. And Save dude, up some and calories. I, and I buy the um, uh, what is it? The Jack Daniels. Oh, 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 it's a Merry it's Christmas for Dan. So thick, yeah. And like, just one glass gives you a stomach ache, you know. Yeah, uh, that's the good stuff, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <sighs> or the the Southern Comfort, uh, one they have. They yeah. sell that at Walmart. Yeah, we're not sponsored by them, by the way. Yeah, maybe someday. <laughs> uh, this episode brought to you by Maker's Mark. Um, no, uh, I don't know, man. You just got to make the holiday yours then, dude. Yeah. You just got to, you know, find your, find your bliss wherever. You know what I think we should do? We should what? start doing it. Like, and I kind of got the idea from, from Ruth. She had the, uh, she mentioned something about a friend's giving. Mm-hmm. I think we should do like a, f- a friend's holiday thing. Yeah. Yeah. We should. You know, just get, get some of the friends together. Yeah. You know, yeah, it doesn't man. have to be on the day. I mean, just. I think that's something we everyone should do. We yeah. Should, uh, celebrate the family that you create. Yeah. With your friends. Right. Yeah. So, hey, man, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, hey, man, if you need. Listen, anybody out there, if you need some place to come over, Dan's place is open. <laughs> we'll give you his address in the no, description no, of this no, episode. No. He needs he needs somebody to come over and spend some Thanksgiving with. He's got lots of uh, he's got lots of eggnog. No, no eggnog <laughs> here. 
Just rum from like ten years ago. Uh, dude, you gotta get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. you gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna make you go blind, man. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. What else? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to bring up, man? Uh, anything else uh, bothering you or current events that you think Gen X is screwing up on, or we could be doing better on? Have we solved the world's problems again in another wonderful episode of Gen X, man? Yeah, I think we touched on some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think so. I think, uh, you know, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, speaking of like the fate of humanity, <laughs> just a little a little thing called the fate of humanity. Uh, I've been reading this book by Jonas Salk. I was telling you before the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was by Jonas Salk and his son, Jonathan Salk, just republished it. It's called A New Reality. So Jonas Salk of polio vaccine fame. He wrote this book and, you know, human the human race is reaching a plateau. We're reaching this time when our finite resources are really starting to hit us so it's we the reason why we're seeing a lot of chaos right now in the world is because it's growing pains like honestly it's we're at this point where the old mentalities of the old world where it was unlimited growth we believed in unlimited resources unlimited growth unlimited expansion you know we're kind of butting up against the reality of finite resources in a finite world yeah with how many Billions of people, you know what? Over <coughs> seven billion plus people. Yeah, you, you know, can only you can only get so big before like the proverbial bubble bursts. You right. Know? Exactly. So he basically said, you know, like any closed system, science shows us science shows us that a population, a species, bot, uh, you know, plateaus out. And for human beings, like you know, once you reach that plateau and you have to confront the finite resources there's going to be strife because the people there's going to be people who are going to be unwilling to accept that change needs to happen yeah or that there's a reality of change so you have people that want to go back to the old ways the good old days and you have people that want to like just ignore problems and they start thinking of either or thinking and win lose you know if i win someone else has to lose yeah and there's it's just me the individual and there has to be competition so what Jonas Salk is proposing in his book is that it's not going to be easy. We're going to have some work to do. But we can integrate some of the ideas of the past, like innovation and growth, but not exponential infinite growth. Like we can we can implement, we can combine the best aspects of, say, the, a strong individual, but also combine it with uh, strong community building. Right. You know? So lots of individuals come together that are distinct, but they create a community and they cooperate Versus rampant competition and doggy dog world mentality, you know we don't want to hit the brakes and change and go total like communism and socialism and everybody living like hippies. Like we don't want to do that where it's like oh the world just all windmills and solar panels. Like we don't want to do that. Actually, I, but I, we also don't want to regress and go back in the past. So how can we synthesize like you know a win win kind of mentality where people share and like where people cooperate with like the ways of the past which was like the rugged individualism and just well, exponential growth forever which is impossible wasn't that like how the native americans worked i would say most indigenous populations yeah are like that i think that it was just something about western civilization where we kind of decided you know we we were this manifest destiny i think a lot of it came from the Christian mentality of go forth and multiply and like I said, manifest destiny. Yeah. Go forth yeah. and conquer and bring civilization to the, the primitives, you know, and right, right. it, 
so now, but we're butting up against the realities of that plateau of, of, of resources and the world's running out of space. So, you know, but this book, ultimately a new reality talks about, there's a hope for the future. I mean, it doesn't have to just be wind up. We don't have to go extinct, you know what I mean? It's, and it's not even like, Oh, we have to get off the planet. You know, it's, it's, you know, human race will plateau. There will be, we can have sensible growth. You know, we, we have, we, if we have to, we have to just consciously live. We can't just blindly expand, blindly just assume everything's going to increase. and There's going to be room for everybody and just, you know, it's not extermination. It's not genocide. It's right. like human beings, nat- human beings naturally die off, you know, just like any living species. So like maybe let's just stop having as many kids. Let's just slow it down a little bit. Let's be a little more considerate. Yeah. Let's educate each other. Let's love each other as much as possible. And again, it sounds Pollyanna when you talk about it, but it's utterly practical. It's like, you know, if we don't want to go extinct, we start cooperating more. We start conserving resources. We stop living and consuming like we used to because now we know. But see, the people that the problem is, is that people are some of the people that don't accept these changes are fighting the people that are. Yeah. So but the millennials and the younger generations are the people that more and more people are going to be born into just this new epoch where we accept that there's limits to our our biosphere we accept that there's limit to our resources we ex- so they are they more and more people are being born into this new epoch whereas the baby boomers and even gen xers remember yeah. the old mentality like we were born but like our generation kind of was in the 90s like where we really kind of came of age like we were starting to be taught like recycle reduce reuse and all that right. you know and well that's funny because uh my daughter is in uh the uh they call it AT, right? It's like an advanced class. Mm-hmm. And she just had to do a thing on recycling. And she went through and was like looking at all the recycles and stuff. Right. And so she's never known a world. Your kids and your kid and my kids have never known a world where people weren't talking about, yo, we got to be careful with our resources, with the environment. Like, so yeah. the natural process of life is, you know, and. They're conscious of it. They're conscious of it. And, you know, they can be taught, look, maybe we don't have to have families of 12 kids anymore or or seven or five. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe we can slow down because the earth is struggling to support all of us. Maybe, you know, maybe we can. And then, you know, so but it's like going to take a whole kind of world cooperation effort. And countries like America, the United States, we need to we're developed. We need to start leading the charge on these kind of things. And that's kind of depressing that the new regime that's or the still relatively to, new, yeah. the current regime in office is kind of slipping into this regressive kind of mindset where yeah. it's let's go back to the old days where it's on, you know, in the old days, you can't you can't go back there anymore. You, know, yeah. you don't want to because it's not sustainable. So but then you have the conspiracy theorists and that's why the arc of the moral universe is long. Like that's why change is slow, because yeah. there's always been people resisting. And, you know. There's the beginning of a tale of two cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It's always whatever age you live in. It's always the best of times and always the worst of times simultaneously. Like that's the beautiful bittersweet paradox of human life. Like we're always driven by the monkey brain and our neocortex, like our our divine brain, for lack of a better term, our higher brain and our lower brain 
you know, our, our lizard and the angel brain and the, and ape brain are always at odds with each other and always pushing us and like in this dynamic flow. And when we emphasize one or the other, it's like we suffer. So it's like we need to balance that, you know, the, the demands of our survival mechanism versus like our conscious effort and thought. So it's so it's really an exciting time to be in. Like we live at this inflection point in history, you know, after hundreds and thousands of years of human development and then over the rapid increase of like the industrial revolution you know with a rapid increase in population like we live at this pivotal time in history so it's it's exciting but it's also dangerous you yeah, know yeah. but it's so but like and unlike any other time in history it really is the best of times and worst of times so right. we have to see it's i think the better way to see this the strife we have right now in the world is that they're the growing pains for something great for the future of the species. I don't know. That's, I yeah. think that's the mentality that this book is, he's taught. That's the mentality we have to have that Jonas Salk was talking about in this new reality. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Deep thoughts, man. Yeah. So it's, and I'd like to think to bring it all back to Gen X. I'd like to think that we could be the leaders of this charge. At least some of us, you know? Yeah. But I don't know, man. Thoughts. Any other? No. Yeah. So hopefully that left us with some like positive thoughts for Thanksgiving and something to be grateful for and look forward to some hope for the future, hopefully. Uh, yeah. In the coming months and years ahead. So hopefully this was a good episode for us to come back on. You think we should yeah. wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. All right. I think we're good. Okay. Well, hopefully everyone out there enjoyed it. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Dan's going to say it because he doesn't believe in holidays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving, Dan. Happy Thanksgiving to you, brother. Yeah. And uh, uh you know, what's real up? quick? Uh, what are you grateful for, man? Oh, that's a great way to end the episode. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for you, Dan. I'm yeah. Grateful for my good friend, Dan. Yeah, I'm grateful for you, man. I'm grateful for. Thank you, brother. That's sweet. I'm oh. grateful for all my friends, really. Yeah, man. Friends are great. You know, my we'll, family, my daughter. What would we have without friends, right? And then family, you know, our our children. Yeah, man. Friend friends and kids that we have so yeah man grateful for that and i don't know man we i think you know i'm grateful that sometimes i'm grateful we live in the golden age of television and <laughs> we have so many freaking shows where i want to watch there's not enough time for all the shows and tv and stuff but that's you know think yeah. of how grateful we should be for all that priorities man you gotta make the prior make the time i know <laughs> right uh where you get your priorities straight man stop yeah. talking to those kids and uh stop worrying Stop having fun with your kids. And start watching more Daredevil. <laughs> uh, binge watch. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for, you know, yeah, the opportunities that we have here. And I think that's, you know, I'm grateful for the chance to maybe like help change the world, hopefully, you know, with this podcast or, or with other things that I do in life. And, you know, yeah, hoping to, I don't know. But yeah, but primarily for friends and for hey, this podcast and, for uh yeah for family yeah, yeah. Uh, i concur cool yeah man i hope everybody everybody has a great thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh think about what you're grateful for and thankful for and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode yeah I, we should be back what sometime sooner. in december hopefully sooner rather than later yeah that would be a good yeah thing. i think i think we're gonna do like what once a month maybe shooting for it shooting yeah. for at least once a month that's probably the more practical right now yeah we're busy we're busy blokes over here us gen x men so we're busy guys yeah. <laughs> still alive don't worry yeah. 
if you, the rumors of our deaths were greatly exaggerated, <laughs> as a famous writer once said. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Catch you on the flip side, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Gen X-Men. You can subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes and follow us on Facebook. Make sure to rate, review, and comment. Blicka, 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 da.